Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 101 of Sports Debate Tuesday. And that man looks like Timmy B. I'm Jason DeBellis. The episode starts. Buckle up, people. The episode starts right now. What's good, Tim? What's going on, my friend? Oh, I'll tell you what's going on. This is episode 101. And giving the 101 lesson is the maestro himself. The guy, the, the sorry, the host from the Fight and Sight podcast, MMA commentator, the one, the only, the incomparable Timmy B. I am Jason DeBilius. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. And we're going to we're gonna have fun. We're going to talk MMA. And there's nothing like a good pay-per-view, brother, that brings us both together again, right? Oh, baby. Right. Or the one of the worst pay-per-views, but we'll see. What I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so bad we're, that it didn't even make topic one. So topic no. one, teleprompter, <laughs> roll it. <laughs> All right. We have UFC 297 coming up, but for topic one, one might be still tempted to look ahead to UFC 300. So, though it's a long way off, it's it's actually shaping up to be one of the best cards in history. It's a mixture of familiar names, stylistic matchup dreams, scores to settle, and interesting fights for the diehards like us. For example, our guy Bobby Green versus Jim Miller. Talk about dude. Talk about two just, legends, right? He just got that fight. <laughs> I'm so freaking happy for yeah. him, man, because Jim Miller, obviously, right, coming off the big win mm. last week or whatever it is, yep. calls it out going, hey, I've been on 100, I've been on 200, get me on 300, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm the names came out, right? So the names, they started, they started sprinkling out names because UFC has done well by Jim Miller in the sense that they've been giving him good matchups, not cans, no. but not young, hungry lions. Like they're giving him appropriate fights. But for 300, you got to bring in a big name. And the two names that were going around were, uh, oh, sorry, three names was Paul Felder, uh -huh. which I which I said, get the hell out of here. This guy, it's so stupid. I hate no. I hate him in general, but I don't think he deserved that fight. I don't even think he's and, interested in fighting, but go ahead. Yeah, and it's like, look, okay, Paul Felder, we could do a whole episode on Paul Felder, but he had his emotional breakdown in the cage. He had his emotional retirement. You're going to throw all that away to come back for this. Like, is it for a money grab? What the hell is this for? And then it just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But the other name they had was Matt Brown, which was crazy. The immortal. Brown, come on. Yes. Matt Brown, legend. He's got to be on that card anyways. Yeah. So if he's not, I'll be very upset. He's been on our podcast. He's actually, thanks to Spotify, he was our number one watch podcast of the year, which was surprising to me. But that dude is crazy. I thought that was a good fight. But then they threw out Bobby Green's name, and I'm like, no way. And then they give it to Bobby. The respect to Bobby Green to get that fight is amazing. And I do like Bobby Green's chances in that fight big time. 100%. Listen, we're definitely going to explore the um, old line versus new line past, kind of past the baton matches that some of those lines aren't able to give up. And we're also going to maybe talk a little bit about the reward system and people uh, uh, rewarding fighters, you know, taking these last minute fights, getting caught on some not ready stuff, right? Bobby Green took a yeah. lot of last minute fights, um, as did Jim Miller. And I think they kind of deserve each other in that respect, even though yeah. no one will say anything about the immortal Matt Brown. All right. So, Timmy. Um, as we go to UFC 297, which is this weekend, and as we explore and spitball a little bit on 300, let's go back. Let's go back in time. We're going to pull an ultimate reversal here, okay? And I'm going to give us a chance to look back, in retrospect, to the previous milestones. That is UFC yeah. 100, and that is UFC 200. And with the results already in the books for the previous two, and with another milestone on the way, allow us to indulge. Which UFC turned out to be the better card was it ufc 100 or was it ufc 200 i'm gonna let you go first but i gotta do something for our audience i'm gonna um put up the cards uh, uh 100 and 200 and just do a lineup and we can walk we can walk and talk through it cool let's do it sounds good go ahead buddy you're up what am i doing which one do you find better which one did you <laughs> like better ufc 100 i don't or UFC know 200? man you know what it is really hard I will say something that I came across online the other day was people were complaining about the the mat 
how it looked at 200. Remember, it was that golden yellow mat? <laughs> right. Oh, God. I think. Okay, wait. You didn't like that? I did not. No. I liked it. Oh. I think I, I think I'm in the vast minority on this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like that. I like that they had changed it up to give it at least a little bit of a different appeal for that event. I do hope that at 300, they do something different with the mat. Maybe not make it yellow. Do something. But like, I like that because it gave it like an extra huzzah, right, for the event. That said, you know, the main event of 200 was Nunes and Tate uh which is probably not the greatest you had a drugged up brock lesnar with mark hunt as a co <laughs> daniel daniel cormier versus anderson silva we knew that was a baloney three fight. days notice three days yeah, notice that, if you remember yeah, cormier, then, cormier and jones was supposed to happen right right and, and then picograms happened or, or i don't know yeah yeah um you know it's hard man it's hard it's hard to look at 200 as being a great card i think probably the the cormier jones was what they were banking on and right. then it ends up a little bit tough you know there's there's a lot of like chauvinists as well that do not like female fights and or female main events so that's kind of hard 100 you know Headlined by Lesnar getting his uh return fight against mirror that was pretty awesome of course you got george st pierre um mr decision you've got dan henderson uh, over bisbing with that you know iconic Ooh. iconic knockout which shout out shout out to uh dan henderson and his guys out at uh, team quest because he runs now henderson's fight night hfn hendo's fight night yeah it's a league out there and the, the icon, icon. <laughs> the icon the icon is him like flying through the air, right? So um, that became an incredible fight. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know, man. I guess I'd have to say 100 for the fact that maybe the fights were probably a little bit better at the time. And then also reaching 100 as you just did last week on, uh, you know, on your show here with episode 100. 100 is a big number. And I think UFC at the time where they were to have made it to 100, that's, you know, that's in that period where they started getting their, getting their legs under them and, and everything. I think 100 probably was a big thing, man. So I'm going to say 100 was, uh, was better for me for what it represented. All right. Timmy B. Terrible. Timmy B. I yeah. love everything you said. And you know Except. what, if, if we were going through the adapt and improvise card, which turned into our rock star lineup, I'm going all the way to the UFC 200. But I want to talk about UFC 100 first as we as I go back off camera and, and give our audience another look and an appreciation and even in the zoom in, you know, on just what the bottom of the card is. You got Lawler and Dalloway here. You got TJ Grant. Remember TJ Grant? That's when TJ Grant was TJ Grant before he, he, he wasn't fighting anymore. Uh, John Jones, you know, hey, look look at this guy. Just, just I think that was a guillotine choke, yep. Any any card that has Mark Coleman and Stefan Bonner not on the main card is deep, is deep. Sexy Yama, right? Remember Sexy him Yama, doing his thing? Alan Belcher, that was one of the guys that said, I don't care about Raz, who's Amir Pahara's submission. I'm going to beat him to death. Fitch, Tiago, no big surprise decision, right? George St. Pierre, the most not talked about fight on that main card because it was so one-sided. He made he made uh, Tiago Alves, uh, who, who actually recently f finished, like destroyed Matt Hughes, right? Just made it look mm -hmm. uneventful. But then you got Brock and Frank and talking about, I, ain't, I, I don't care about no Budweiser and all that stuff. So, so, so there's a lot to be said there as far as entertainment, as far as a mixed martial artist. Uh, yeah. uh, right. Uh, um, it, it had something for everybody. All right. Mm. So now with that being said, uh, I've already made up my mind. It's 100. But let's take a look. Oh, at, OK. Let, let's take a look at the adapt and overcome. Uh, adapt and improvise card of the main card of UFC 200. First of all, that was supposed to be Cormier and Jones. Mm. Right. Uh, and we were really expecting something with like Amanda Nunez and like Holly Holm. But Misha, Misha take went and messed that up and choked out Holly Holm. So they're the main event. Right. Brock Lesnar. Swear to God. Promise. Not on steroids. Take my word for it. No need to test me. <laughs> Mark Hunt screwed again. Right. Uh, 
Daniel Cormier and Anderson Silva with three days notice, I'm telling you, would have been a better match if they had more time to video and prepare Anderson. You know, uh, um, I'm telling you, Daniel did the right thing. He would love to stand and strike with Anderson, but not without proper preparation. And the one time he did in the third round, he got, you know, he thought it was chin strong enough, but I'm telling you, he, he almost got sniped. But really it was just, yeah. it was just multiple rounds of Daniel Cormier, constant pressure doing, doing what he did in strike force, right? Now, right. Travis Brown, Cain Velasquez, what? Travis Brown, I think, um, beat Overeem at that time, right? So Kat Zingano. Uh, uh, only lost to Ronda Rousey at that time. She only had one loss, uh, a submission loss, right? Kevin Gastelum, Johnny Hendricks was a champion earlier that year, maybe, or, or the year before. TJ, Rafael Sancha, you could have that match today. Northcutt, the, 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 um, and look at, look at the right, the pre, we don't mean the pre-card, we mean the pre-pre-card. Come on, Lausanne, Sanchez, Musasi, <laughs> who knew, right? Tiago Santos, Miller, Takanori Gomi, a legend on the not the preliminary card, but the pre pre preliminary card. So had to give them their due attention because I didn't want it to make it look like I was um I got my mind made up. I don't even want to talk about the other card. It's not a discussion. It is a discussion. It is an absolutely fun discussion. Did you see the depth yeah. uh, of of what was? on the undercard what is at that present day and what was to come with john jones uh, and, and Brian and wow just just a lot of fun cool man any any yeah. thoughts before we move on to topic two about ufc 100 to 200 to 300. you know i just think i just think yeah like uh no no other comments but i mean mm. sexy yama sexy yama one of the greatest legends that really the east uh sorry that the west does not know about Right. They I don't think that especially people probably today watching realize who Sexy Yama was. Uh An for absolute Asian rock martial star. arts. Yeah. And although to the young kids listening, if you watched Physical One Hundred on Netflix, he was the old guy on that reality show that uh was kicking ass. So if you watch Physical One Hundred, Sexy Yama is on that show. Wow. Cool. Yeah, did you you did not know that? No, but I did watch his some of his his cage entrances and ring entrances in Japan. The man <laughs> is Yeah. He was a movie star. You, you, uh, yeah, no, he's a Yeah, he's a movie star. So there's a there's a reality show on Netflix called Physical 100. It's a Korean mm -hmm. game show. Right. And uh it's all these like super athletes. So it's all like weightlifters, Olympic skiers, blah blah blah. All these like fancy fan, uh like jacked up super athletes and they compete in feats of strength and endurance and whatever and sexy yama is one of the competitors oh, but he's wow. so old right like he's he's much older than the other guys but he still held his own and he still looks damn good but yeah that's that's Very who true. that is and so i think that show is pretty popular some yeah. people might recognize him from there we all want to look old like that i'll tell you that you know maybe that's an maybe that's an asian <laughs> thing right there's maybe that's an asian thing there's no such thing as an asian a middle-aged asian they're young and then one day they're old it's crazy uh, um yeah, yeah, yeah. but and also there was also this this thing where the japanese mma fighters when they fight in the ufc they didn't have only yushin okami had some level of success you know takunori gomi i yeah. was really sad to see because you wish he fought some of those guys early and this and that and um and we can go on and on and on right i mean you you, it was, you more it was so just the me. market it was just the market yeah. at the time right ufc had to get their fighters from somewhere mm -hmm. and and you know bringing them over from asia probably was just not the most financially viable thing like you know you gotta you gotta respect them for what they did they created they home grew their talent right yeah. with tough because by that time you're seeing like there's Bonner and there's Forrest Griffin and stuff like that. They were growing up their own talent and kudos to them for doing it because it worked. Yeah. I mean, yeah, tough was tough was the ultimate reversal, right? You're not in the red anymore. Yeah. You're in the black. Thanks. Thanks to this show where on Spike TV, everyone was calling each other. Hey, these two white guys are punching each other in the face. You got to take a look yeah. at this. Right. So that's yeah. right. That's that was and big up to Dana. We got uh, look, we're purists, but we'll go back to the casuals. And I want you to Google search at some point YouTube search. Do you want to be a fighter? That speech where Dana was just panicking because it's like it's got a house full of fighters and no one wanted to fight. Right. That was like yeah. the, the prequel that led to right. That led to everything that do you want to yeah. be a fighter speech? Right. Whole bunch yeah, of people. Yeah. I miss my girlfriend. Oh, I want to fight. I'm not ready. Oh, you know, uh, my ingrown toenail. God knows. God knows what. Do you want? Oh, he just.
panicked and yeah. and it worked out. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. So we're going to topic two. So for those of you that didn't care about us go reflecting back in our nostalgia and decided to click and scroll ahead to topic two, here you are. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for having us back in your living rooms or if you're at Starbucks or yeah. if you're in the bunker or yeah. if you're in the man cave. So let's go to topic two, okay? We had some great debates in regards to, to goat conversations. This is um one of the things when you came on my show, we 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 had so much fun with it. We were doing yeah. it in, we were doing it in weight categories. We were breaking it down divisions just for the heck of it. So today we're gonna go from Fort Miners, remember the name, to Beyonce's. Who runs the world? Girls, who runs the world? Girls, who runs the world? Girls, <laughs> who are we? do we run we run as world. all right so the reason why i'm saying who runs the world girls because this goat conversation is dedicated to the ladies the ladies of all weight classes the ladies of all um mma franchises including invecta invicta strike force all the way up to when dana said okay women can fight here too all right so timmy b who are your top five greatest female fighters of all time you went first last time i'm gonna go this first this time all right this way Ooh, you can okay, tell, me, tell me how crazy i am all right i'm going five okay. to one number five joanna john jacek okay I, I had to pronounce it i got it on my teleprompter and i still butchered it but with a name like jason debis you gotta forgive me because you ain't get my name right either we'll just call her joanna right she's got a nickname for it for, uh, for the people that can't pronounce it joanna champion and the reason why they called her champion is because from the moment she won that belt to the moment she was a defending champion champion she was professional she was a great marketing uh, tool she was also an international superstar that had Poland Poland so she's my number five number four some of them try to rhyme but they can't rhyme like this Rousey Ronda Rousey Rowdy Rousey I mean Rowdy Rowdy Piper have a really hard time with the Rowdy thing so I'm just gonna go Ronda Rousey undefeated in strike force had a, a terrific match with Misha Tate that probably caught Dana's eye I had a very dangerous match as with her debut debut in the UFC because uh, um, the former Marine whose name escapes me um, what was her name her first match because she was uh, dangerous and choked out. Yes, Liz Carmouche is a dangerous match, and we all know that could have went another way. So great resilience. She had her. She yeah, had her. She in really the did. But yeah. big big up to Ronda just reaching down to something that that knew what was at stake, and from that point on, armbar this, armbar that became this this sensation this blue check one of our first blue check celebrities and there she is number three chris cyborg chris cyborg was such a dangerous fighter that one they made a division for her in the ufc and two once she left they got rid they got rid of the division because no one wanted to be in the division because no one wanted to fight her only one person wanted to fight her and that was the one person that came through and nobody else came through ronda rousey could have easily fought at 145 in fact she did fight at 145 at strike force and was and ran the 135 and said if you want me chris come get me come get me knowing that that woman ha would have to suck herself dry Number two, Valentina Shevchenko. Just give me that dance, girl. Just give me that. I don't know if it's an Irish dance. I don't know if it's a Lima Peru dance. I don't know if it's a Russian dance. I don't know. I don't care. She has very much like Demetrius Johnson has defeated a lot of her, her opponents in different ways, submissions, long, uh, uh, convincing decisions, five rounds of a butt whooping, knockout, great smile. Her English is better than my English is, which isn't saying much. So apologies and compliments to her. But give mine to Joanna Jancheck. And the only reason why she's not number one is because she lost two close decisions to my number one fighter. And that is Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez seemed like some, a middle of the pack fighter got submitted by Kat Singano, but from that point on was like nope I need new coaches I need a new approach and approach she did all the way up to Ronda Rousey 45 seconds felt disrespected got no promotion and from that point on Misha you want some too boom in fact got Misha first right Holly you never been finished okay yes you were but you're gonna get finished again all right oh Chris Cyborg I could go up to 145 and beat you not only beat her face planted her have and you and you us as MMA people never thought in our lives we would see Chris Cyborg not only beat but being in that fashion where it's a walk away 
It was, um, I mean, I'm not talking about Mark Hunt walk away. There's levels to the face plant walk away, but it's, but I had that flashback. Yeah. So that's my five, four, three, two, one, Amanda, the, the lioness, Nunez. I, I'm so sad that you're wrong, though. That's the only problem. That That's why fine. you get to go second. <laughs> That's why you get to go no, second. I like, I like I your five. I like your five. I like your five. Of course, my five has a few similars on there, but I'm glad to say that they're not the same and they're in different positions. Uh, my five starts with Gina Carano. Okay. The reason why Gina Carano is on this list. Yay! Sorry. It's for the men mm -hmm. watching this podcast. Now you can put up on the screen a picture of Gina Carano in her prime, goddammit, in her prime. Now, Gina Carano, for those that don't know, is Cara Dune from Star Wars, or she was in Deadpool. So that actress, or she was in the, the, the revamp of American Gladiators, but Gina Carano, prime Gina Carano, finished her career before Ronda Rousey even had her first pro fight. But Gina Carano was the one kicking ass and looking good while doing it Man. Uh, all throughout Elite XC pretty much. And was like in that kind of like that shadow uh, promotion, right? The one that wasn't UFC, but it was this weird upstart Elite XC kicking ass out there. But she was good looking. She was kicking ass. And she really, I would say, paved the way for Ronda to then pave the way for women's sports. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, you you spoke about Liz Carmouche. I just had her on my podcast last month and she talked about the push, especially back in the day, but even now about like how women, like you got to look good. You also got to fight good. Like it was, there was a push on that. Gina Carano really fit the mold, man. So uh, Gina Carano is my number five. My number four is Joanna Yenjacek or Joanna champion, whatever you want to call her for all the reasons that you said, right? Oh, hello. Okay. <sighs> now this uh, podcast Gina. just got interesting. So, uh, Joanna champion, she's my number four, right? Obviously she brought in finishes to the strawweight division, which I think that was something that we had never really seen in the UFC before, right? Up until then it wasn't, but Joanna came in and was murdering chicks. So Joanna, yes. of course, plus her personality, right? Her personality and her outgoingness that she sold that division, which has lasted till today. Uh, number three on my list is really my favorite current female fighter stamp fairtex so stamp fairtex out in one fc she's doing it all she's huh. a three division champ three sport champion kickboxing muay thai and mma she's got the look she's got the style dances her way into the ring dances her way out of it kicks ass she is one to watch if you don't know who the hell i'm talking about because a lot of you do not watch one fc just go look up stamp fairtex and you'll see what the hell i'm talking about spell it she for my was, people what's that Spell it for my people. One FC? The last name of the fighter. Fairtex? <laughs> Fair Fairtex? F-A-I-R-T-E-X. Gotcha. Stamp. Fairtex. Go right, look cool. her up, okay? All right. Common knowledge. My bad. Jeez. I don't know. Who about. <laughs> okay. Stamp Fairtex is my number three. Number two, I've got Chris Cyborg. I think Chris Cyborg, she epitomized the new breed of women fighters, right? She's the one that beat Gina Carano, retired Gina Carano, and Cyborg for a long time was the, you know, when you thought of a woman MMA fighter, you thought of Cyborg, right? So I think she just held women's MMA for a long, long time. I think she's kick-ass. She's still doing her thing. Um, she's boxing now or doing whatever. But I think, you know, Cyborg deserves to be up there for who she is. Interestingly, your number one didn't even make my list, my friend, because Amanda Nunes is not on my list. My number one is the only UFC t Funko Pop that I have. Ronda Rousey, baby. What? <laughs> what? Wait. You're mad that Ronda Rousey is my pick, or you're mad that I have a Funko Pop? No, Ronda Rousey deserves to be on this list, but you got her number one? Number one, man. You know why? Because, God damn it. For all the shit that I see online with people saying that women fighters suck, women women shouldn't be on fight cards. Recently, now the the big thing, like uh, Sean Strickland, you know, on his commentary this week was talking bad about it, saying, "Hey, if women MMA fighters were on their own separate division, would you even watch?" No, so disrespectful. Uh, You're right. Canadian Charles Jordan was just uh, tweeting the other day 
about like women fights who cares about those blah blah and it's like dude do you guys not train with women in your gym like i don't know how you can go out and say such disrespectful stuff but mind you ronda rousey paved the way for ufc to have women's fights i really enjoy women's fights i i, I don't think that they should be gone i think that it is enjoyable and that it is a different thing to our to our uh enjoyment of the sport she went in there she kicked ass she looked good doing it she had her attitude which was killer right like she had the personality she had everything to sell she sold pay-per-views like no one else has ever done barely any men can sell pay-per-views like ronda did i just think ronda deserves it when you think about a female mma fighter today i think a lot of people think of ronda rousey as much as you thought about cyborg before I think Rousey has done it. And I don't think people think about Nunez, Ioana, uh, you know, anybody, any other female fighters, as much as they think about Ronda right now. Ronda still really is that image. Still relevant. Uh, yeah. and, she, and, and she's still relevant. And I'm predicting that she is going to fight on UFC 300. I think she fights Misha Tate on UFC 300. I think Misha Tate would take that fight. And I also think. I would love. For I also to think I, what I don't want to see is manufactured animosity. It was a long time ago, and not even Ronda Rousey. No, no, no. These, and not even Ronda Rousey would have other. a would come in with a great what? Misha Tate don't hate nobody. She don't hate that chick no more. Misha no, Tate got no, no. Misha Are Tate got bigger fish to fry. And Misha Tate's been there the whole damn time while she was off wrestling. So come on, nah. No, I no, I think that there would be true, true animosity between them. It would be created by Ronda. Because Ronda, if you remember her fights, she but had to, she, a lot of that. She had to she had to self create to motivate her. She had this Michael Jordan thing going on where where so all someone sure. had to say was I heard you were talking junk about me. It could have been wrong. Just hearing it, that was it. Uh, the yeah. same thing with she did with Holly Holm with the stare down. Oh oh, but this she, this girl's pretending to be nice. I'm like, what the Holly ain't do shit to you. What are you talking about? No no no. You no. Just, no yeah, come that on. was her attitude, man. That was her attitude. That was her style. That was her that was that was what her energy was that she. I think if Misha Tate, Misha Tate, the way that she just performed against uh, Raging Panda, Julia Vila, mm -hmm. a couple months ago, Misha Tate was a beast. But if you dare bring in Ronda Rousey to fight me and think that I'm going to lay down for Ronda Rousey at UFC 300, Misha Tate better fire herself up and freaking go out there to kill Ronda Wouldn't Rousey. And to. I think Misha Tate totally turns on like a like a like a nasty, nasty attitude. Take, you take, cannot lose three times to Rousey. You take, can't lose three I was times. just gonna say that. Take all of the animosity out and just consider that you lost twice the, the two times you fought her. That's motivation enough. I mean, we don't, I mean yeah, yes, Misha don't need all that all that other extra cheese to eat her slice of pizza. That the anger will come first of all, you can never have too much cheese on pizza, but the anger will come from her thinking that she's being fed to Rousey for 300 and thinking this is disrespectful. I'm still... Ooh, a, if she's still listening a, to this podcast, if she wasn't thinking about it before, listen to me and Timmy B, she's going to be like... I'm still, oh, I'm still a goddamn competitor. I'm still gunning for that Bantamweight Championship. I just took out yeah. another ranked competitor. Yeah. Don't be beating me to Ronda Rousey for a clown show. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to fucking kill Rousey and, and then claim my title shot. And by the way, an up and coming competitor, a lion, a past the past the torch match, right? Right. Another yeah. lion or lioness in this case that wasn't wasn't just ready to give up the goods. But yeah. I want to revisit this before we go on to our subject. Hmm. So basically, you Ronda Rousey, all right? I think you are right when you said that she made women's uh, MMA interesting. I think you are right. When you saw her on a card, you came, there were people that came exclusively just to yeah. see her. I think you are right. Because if you consider some of the matches that had boring main events that people were leaving the arena, everybody mm -hmm. stayed for Ronda Rousey. In fact, yeah. if Ronda Rousey, if a card fell apart, if Ronda Rousey was still the headline, she carried it. All right, her yeah. and Holly Holm carried. I don't even remember that, that 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 card in Australia. I only remember that fight. Okay, when she submitted Kat Sagano in 13 seconds, I don't even remember before that. I, I but I remember that fight. So you have a strong argument for your body of work and why she belongs in the greatest of all time top five. But to have her at number one, the blasphemy, the blasphemy. Do you know how many, hold on, do you know when we were going out to the bars to watch UFC pay-per-views, mm -hmm. if Ronda Rousey was on that card, the number of women that would be 
in the bar to watch that fight. I think Ronda Rousey created a whole generation of female fighters or opened up the minds of female athletes that they could be fighters. She did more for the sport than just headline UFC events and, and bring in numbers for UFC. I think she inspired women around the world to do what Absolutely. she's doing. And I think and I think that when we're looking at young fighters today, like Stan Fairtex and like whoever else, mm -hmm. they owe a lot to Rousey for doing all this, for the motivation of it, if not for opening the doors for the money of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I got her number one. I got her number one. I, you know, I, 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 want, I was just I trying want... to, because we were having two different conversations here. I was just trying to make the, make those two conversations one. You were talking about what she did to, to the sport. Um, I was I on know. that. I was on that Bill Parcells thing. You are what your record says you are. Your record show you got kicked in the head by a woman who's lost every, almost every single fight since, and you and you got finished in forty five seconds to the true goat, the greatest of all time, Amanda Nunez. So so, oh my yeah. God, yeah. I'm so glad you said that because. You think you think you're alone in your argument? If we had a bandwagon fallacy and did a poll, how many people would have Ronda Rousey on their list? Probably more more to support your argument, maybe than mine. I'm just I, I'm having an open mind. But but what I wanted to do was make sure our two different our two different conversations uh, um, met somewhere in that which side of the middle, right? Everything's in the middle in life, right? Which side of the middle? Does that make sense? Yeah, cool, yeah. man. Nice because oh, I got you. We I could go you. on. You're right, man. There's no way in hell this show is gonna be 50 minutes. You're like, guys. Before we went on the air, I was like, hey, we, if we do this right, we could bang this out in 15 minutes. And you're like, we won't. No, no. We've never done 50 minutes. That's the when, problem. When, when in life, right? Have we ever? We, no, Timmy B. Fight Insight Podcast, MMA commentator, has has always called when I uh, always come when I said his name, and I've always promised a, to a hard stop. And geez, here we go again. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Topic three. Topic three. We bring your MMA pick six, but in our case, we're going back to pick five uh, uh, plus the one. All right. So I don't know if I put that on the email and if i didn't if i'm catching you on some not ready stuff let's just go by what we emailed all right so okay, i bring your attention to number one we got the champion the reigning uh the, or the, the, the not reigning but the defending champion sean strickland versus drikas duplessis all right now drikas drikas that's why i wanted you to go first because i wanted you to say jason let's get one thing straight before we move yeah. on okay um who you got uh, well, Drikas Duplessis was my first guest of the year on my podcast. And let me explain to you the outpouring of support and viewers and fans that came out to watch my stupid podcast was 10 times what I know would normally get from anybody far beyond 10 times. Even when, when you, I think about the engagement, just flooded with comments and flooded with whatever. He is a great, great guy. I really like Drikas Duplessis. That said, I really do like Sean Strickland, not for who he is, but, ah, well, for who he is, for sure. I mean, we could go right. on that, too. But, okay, my pick, I see the countdown going. No, you got 30 seconds. Go I got 30, but go ahead. Keep going. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, that means I even got less. I got Drikas Duplessis taking the title uh, this weekend in my hometown of Toronto, Canada. I think Drikas Duplessis gets it done. I think... Sean is wonderful, but Drikas will not be taking him lightly. Andrikas will be putting the pressure on and not letting him walk him down. Drikas Duplessis, new middleweight champion of the world. I think, in fact, DPP will be walking him down. I think um, uh, Sean Strickland's been been very used to being a counterfighter because his stand-up fighter and his he only has a 76-inch reach, but he knows how to use it, right? And when he's peppering people, there's a lot of stinging power behind that that make people think twice before they come in on him. So it is an MMA enthusiast an mma alcoholic uh, a friday night guy who just wants to see two guys punch each other in the face it is their wild dream because you got a guy who, who can counter and you got a guy who's willing to lead the dance dpp can lead the dance or he can counter he's really really good so at some point there's going to be some rock'em sock'em robots uh, out there but i think dpp is a little bit more of an accurate striker than he is and, and i think he's going to win by tko probably the second round i get i apologize i know this is your show but it's ddp yeah, DPP. You keep saying DPP. I know, DPP which sounds is sexual. Well, DPP D is Deferment Payment Plan. <laughs> you know what DPP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So yeah. it's DDP. DDP, yeah. Like Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah, baby. Bang! So disrespectful. 
the blasphemy. <laughs> Tim, yeah. Timmy B, the blasphemy. I bring your attention to our match number two with the pick six. We have Rocky Pennington against Myra Bueno Silva. All right, I'm going to go first on this one. Rocky, uh, a, a while ago, was sitting at 10 and 8 as I start the clock. She was sitting at 10 and 8, and it looks like, you know, after that Amanda Nunez fight, it looked like she didn't even want to fight anymore. All of a sudden, from 10 and 8, she's 15 and 8 because she found a way, she found her love for the sport back, and she found a way to take hits. And maybe maybe her training or maybe her coaching is a little bit different, and I think it's going to be a similar result. I have her beating Bruno Silva um by decision all right uh but get but she needs to watch out for these slick submissions this chick is gnarly my turn yep you still had three seconds you didn't use it uh i'm gonna say god dang it i do not like this fight at all <laughs> i don't like the fight for raquel pennington who's one of my favorites of all time um i wanted raquel pennington to fight Juliana Pena. I thought that would be a good fight, interesting because they're both tough veterans, etc. Yeah. And I would have I would have given Raquel a slight edge in that one against Juliana, but against who Juliana calls Chitara. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. God dang it, it's a tough one, but if I had to put money on it, which I have, I'm betting on Rocky. Yeah. I, I go Rocky on this. I just think she's, she's really good. She's at, at she the... just got married. She just got married to Tisha Torres. They just had a baby. Um, she's, you know, she's very excited. She's, you know, life is on the up and up. She's been doing well in her fights. So I'm going to give her the edge. Yeah, I got to go with you on that. And only because... She... Just because someone's slicking submissions doesn't mean Rocky's going to get caught in those submissions. And if she gets caught, that doesn't mean she's going to tap, right? The last time she was even submitted was 2012. That was Kat Singano, right? And that was Invicta. It's been a minute. The woman is hard to take down. She's hard and she's hard to submit. And and again, Amanda Nunez can really take your will away to fight. I mean, that was a scary fight where she told the coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, remember yeah. that? She told the coach she wanted out. And the coach had to I talk her off. And they're the, like, no, off, you get back out there and yeah. get your ass beat. Oh, man, yeah. yeah that was, and that was that's that can be its own topic discussion, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going with her on this. But keep our eye out for Buena Silva because she – She's she's just really. I mean, I watch some of these submissions. Speaking of submissions, you want, you, you want Rocky to win because you want to see Rocky versus mm -hmm. Juliana next. Mm -hmm. Nice. What Buena Silva versus Juliana Pena is like a goddamn fight night main event. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it doesn't have the star power that your bantamweight title needs to have. That's right. that's the honest truth. But at some point, they got to build their star, and, and they're starting here, right? No one's asking them to main event or carry this, right? You can, they, they, you could, you could put them on the bottom of the card, or the, the near bottom of the card, which is where they are, and and life goes on, right? So, yeah. Speaking of submissions, we got Neil Magny versus Mike Mike um, Mallet or Mayor Um So I'm gonna go first on this one, uh, but. The 60 seconds we got, we're just 60 seconds to pick a winner. And then and if we spill over, we spill over. Okay, uh, okay. That's, that's, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, so, don't penalize me. Okay. So this guy, Mike, has more submissions or more subs than actually Jersey Mike. Okay. When you look at his guillotine chokes, when you look at that ninja <laughs> choke, and you, you're thinking it's so tight that Anaconda Snake it will look at him and be like, yo, my man <laughs> didn't know they had your kind. And Neil... Um, can get caught in these submissions, but Neil's only been caught by like the best of the best. Damian Maya, if you remember, uh, um, Rafael dos Anjos. But I think it's going to end in similar fashion, Miller, by just by submission. I'm gonna. I mean, I don't like this fight. Um, I don't like what they're doing with Magni with this fight. I think that you know the last time that we had a card in Canada in Vancouver, they went. I think it was five for five or six for six. The Canadians in this card, we've got um, nine. Canadians and Mike Mallet is the highest on the card. So he will be the last Canadian to fight. He will be fighting for Canadian pride, for Canadian honor. And, you know, depending on how the other Canadians do on the card, he he may need to either mop up, wrap up, or get redemption. Mike Mallet, young guy, very hungry, hometown crowd, Neil Magny getting up there in age. So the hairline proves it. Uh, I see Mike Malott taking this very easily. If you've got money, you put it on Mike Malott. I go second round submission, maybe even the end of the first. He's really, he, the man just gets to work really, really, really fast. You he's going to be, he's, he's going to be hyped up. He's, he's got, 4 he's, 0 in the he, UFC, right? 
strong mentally. Yeah. Very, very strong mentally. I mean, look, 10 and one, six subs, four and four and oh in the UFC. Ten of his yeah. ten, so six of his ten wins were, were submissions, right? And I got yeah. love for my Brooklyn brother. All right. Yeah. I'm always gonna yeah. cheer for Neil Magny, Brooklyn born, Brooklyn bred, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we all we always stick together, but like you said, we talking about putting money on something. Sorry, bruh. You know, we yeah. we, we could put that on the back shelf just for this one match. All right, so our a next little a little a little shameless plug. Please. He has also been on my podcast. So my last three picks, they've all been on my podcast. It's very hard for me to pick against people that have taken the time to show Canadian up. So. love. And DDP is like a, a, a special Canadian guest, right? I mean, he if you if you told me DDP was from Canada and not South Africa, I would have believed you. Look at his build. Yeah. The guy looks like yeah. George St. Pierre on, on, on performance enhancing drugs, like the upper yeah, body, yeah. the legs, the, the, the you know, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Tam shorts, you know, and and the respect, the respect, um, the same respect way that he talks to people that yeah, yeah. see gsp no, no, no. he's do. a very a, a gentleman a yeah. true gentleman yeah so, all right let's go next one sorry. chris curtis chris curtis versus mark andre barriot all right so curtis um you go first Ugh, i don't like this fight um you know one of the things i, I know thinking, why <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of a lot of times you see like uh People in the same gym, they do well. They all get a win together. They all, or they all lose together, right? Chris Curtis being uh, BFFs with Sean Strickland. If I'm gonna think that Sean Strickland is gonna lose, then I think it may be preceded by his friend losing. Yep. That's my, you know, my 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 magical way of thinking. But Chris Curtis is a very strange dude. Mark Andre Burial, I don't know too much about him in all honesty. He's a little bit of a of a hidden gem, I guess, for Canada. He's in the home country, but I would give this to Chris Curtis going against everything I just said. Yeah. I, I just don't know that Burial has it in him. And I think Chris Curtis is a pretty, pretty good dude. Well, I got 15 seconds left, but I really only need 10 to say this. Chris Curtis can say the same thing Nate Diaz says. Check my lineup. Who did you fight? Okay, if you look at Curtis's lineup, on and not 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 even talking about the people in the UFC, it took a long time for him just to get to the UFC. He's only four two and one in the UFC. But if you look at the lineup uh, of the people that he fought just to get here, he is an absolute dog. All right. Now I wanted to talk on some something, something else about um Mark Andre. Um, this might be a loser leaves town match for him, right? He's five and five in the UFC, five five and one, right? Is he? Um, yeah, and he's had a great win over yeah. Marquez, right? Uh, I think a stoppage over Marquez. Whatever. And, and Eric no. and Eric Andrews, a win over Eric Andrews, um, allowed him to, to to stay for one more match, right? But uh, um, this might be a loser leaves town for him, not for Curtis, because Curtis is entertaining even if he loses, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, there's right. If you remember Vandalay Silva, man, it's, I felt like he lost at every every match he fought in the UFC and still got fights. So, so that I just wanted to add that this might be a loser leaves town for him. So there's a lot of pressure on that on that on that fighter. Um, yeah. Fight number five, we're going Arnold Allen versus Mozvar Ivolov. All right. Now I'm gonna start my clock. I'll go first. Ivalov is 7-0 in the UFC, 17-0 altogether. And when he takes you down, it's a Khabib-like thing where he might not finish you, but by the time the second round comes, he saps your will to want to wanna fight. You know what I'm saying? You're, 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 you can't get up, and he's giving you noogies. You know what I'm saying? And some of them are harder than others. And and I think I expect to see this against a very competitive 19-2 Arnold Allen, who, by the way, got his 12-fight win streak snapped by Max Holloway. So this is not a slot. This is a match of interest, my man. The floor is yours. Really? A match of interest? Hell yeah. I don't, even, I, I don't know. Fine. I'm going to give it to AAA almighty arnold allen i'm gonna go with him um i think there's a lot of hype around him i think the ufc really wants to push him being an english fighter and i think that you know he's got some name power behind him some star power i think they want that english market evolev is no pushover but i do think if if any mysterious hands are afoot here i think arnold allen gets the win or that arnold allen is being pushed to get this win so i'm gonna go with triple a yeah, but it's a match of interest because Arnold Allen is really, really good at evading submissions. The guy is, and, it, a, and, is it a match of interest because it's Evolev, though? That's what I mean. Right. There you go. No. 
No. Yeah. No. Well, he's a decision machine, but every now and then so, no. you have a decision machine get caught and clip coming in, and that's something that Arnold yeah. Allen does. Now, will Allen Allen Aaron do it? I don't think so. I think most most is going to win anyway. But no. just like Nick Diaz, check my lineup. Check my lineup of fighters. Right, wins over a uh, Nick Lentz, a uh, Gilbert Melendez, Yusef, Dan Hooker, Calvin Qatar. Right, uh, uh, a cater. I don't. I mean, I mean, you're, you're the master of name corrections today. That's where you're going to be carrying water for me, bro. Uh, um, all right. So moving on to the sixth pick, um, we have Brad Katona. My match of interest is Brad Katona against Garrett Armfield. I'm going to start my clock. Katona. The guy was in the UFC for two matches and, and lost both. And and it was really, really, really sad to see because considering who he went against, all of those guys are top contenders, right? So this has got to be one of the greater comeback stories. You lose and then you're out. Then you have to win a trailer load of matches, which you did at, uh, at Shamrock FC. Um, and very much like Anthony Johnson, if you remember, he got he got released but then found his way and found his way back in i'm not saying katona is going to have similar results as as whatever that would be you know i'm saying i I know my lane on that one but here he is with a with another chance at a fresh start Uh, armfield is a grinder and a wrestler and a volume striker who knows when to go in for the kill and when to survey and diagnose um but that's the kind of person that's a stylistic uh, dream for Katona. So I'm using my, the rest of the 10 seconds. I'm, I'm going to give you a whole minute for your match of interest. All right. But the man from the show me state, Missouri, is going to try just to just to do that. I don't think he's going to get it done, though. I go with the ultimate fighter alum vet Katona. Am I supposed to talk about that fight or no? No, I can pick my own. no. Pick your own. Get your own. <laughs> I'm sure there's another Canadian you could throw in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for my extra pick, I think I would talk about Jillian Robertson, who's fighting Pollyanna Viana. So, I mean, you're welcome again. Can we put up some photos of these two lovely ladies? But uh, Jillian Robertson, again, former guest of the podcast, I do like her a lot. Don't forget, she submitted Rose Namajunas in like 30 seconds in a Fury grappling fight just earlier uh, last year she's a killer she's got the most submissions in women's flyweight history or blah 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 she's a killer jillian robertson should be fighting for a title later this year in whatever division she wants now she's down to strawweight i don't care where she goes she's fighting for a title at some point this year the next time she fights on canadian soil it better be defending a title or getting a title because that's the quality that she is pollyanna vienna very very good herself very interesting fighter her instagram may be more interesting than her fights but i'll leave that to you uh you know that's a good fight to watch though that's open i believe that's opening the prelims so if jillian robertson is opening your prelims you know you've got a pretty decent card or they have totally misplaced jillian robertson on this card which is what i think i think that there's a lot of other fights that should be lower on the card and she should be much higher up because she's a star, she's a Canadian, you know, she deserves a better spot on this card, I would say, for sure. Very, but Jillian Robertson. Very, very good pick, because that was the one I was I was torn with, and I was like, I, oh, hope, yeah. I hope this guy comes around and does that. So when you did it, I just found myself cheering with you, and you saying you're welcome before I even have a chance to say thank you. So allow me to take this time <laughs> to say, Timmy B, thank you. You're welcome, You're the man. All right, so moving on to uh, topic number four, I affectionately refer to this as to shame or not to shame. 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 All right, Timmy, we got a minute. Let's use our minute to shame or not to shame. In the spirit of staying with the ladies, all right, the conspicuous thing or not conspicuous thing is that um, the featherweight, there's no more featherweight rankings for the UFC because there's no featherweight division. So I guess shame or not to shame was, is it a good riddance thing or it's a shame that, that, that we didn't have a chance to see things develop from that. Me first. Yeah. I think it's a not to shame. I think that at some point you have to look at your divisions and you have to decide what we're going to do with these things. There's only so many places on the cards 
on every card for fights. You have to build divisions to create interest in things. And the 145, they continually had women that were dropping to 135, Aileen Perez uh, being one and uh, Chelsea Chandler as another. So you've got women that generally were not true 145ers. They were able to make the drop. I think you want thicker, fuller divisions of what you do have rather than very sparse things in 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 a division and i think that you know for the history of the featherweights they never had rankings because they never had like even 10 general fighters in that division so uh i think you need to i think you need to keep your roster small concise and and focused so i think no shame get rid of the featherweights it's okay other other organizations can do it and they are that's fine but not here not at ufc okay my turn you who made me cry when you said goodbye, ain't that a shame? I wanted to spend the first 10 seconds of this because I don't need a whole lot of time. That was just jibber jabber to lead me to. It is a crying shame. And the shame is to blame. And the blame is one Chris Cyborg. Without consider Strike Force had a 145 pound division and it was littered with women who were like, Cool, I can eat what I want, I can walk around 170 and still start some chicks. I'm good. Enter Cyborg, run for your life. Oh my god, I gotta, I gotta go on a diet, I gotta drink uh, the, the proper healthy shake and get to 135. Right? I will say this it was a shame because Chris Cyborg was the reason why the division was created, but at the same time, the division didn't exist. And I will say this in my last five seconds. What would 135 or how big 125 would have looked if cyborg could make it to 135 <laughs> we'd be talking it about the, how, how the bantamweight division doesn't exist anymore this is why she belongs so high on our goat list i'm mm. telling you and i am trying i'm not trying to disrespect female fighters who spend their life training but i'm gonna just say where's my camera you ran from this woman olia all of y'all that could have won, fought 145, that should have fought 145, that in fact one and some of y'all that won, 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 were 145s ran from her. Big up to Leslie Smith. Big up to uh, um, Ashley, whatever, Gina Carano. How about Gina on the takedown? Yeah. Remember that? She, on two yeah. occasions, she got taken down and, and had like use those big legs to try to get a nasty triangle or whatever, right? You know, mm -hmm. I'm just saying big because we're trying to you know, divert oh. our attention into, oh. into this non-objectifying thing. So, so, um, <laughs> all right. That's all we got with the shame and not to shame two different takes, but both yeah. very, very, very worthy of our time and the time of our audience. So no our next topic, I bring to your attention another favorite topic of mine. I go quick question. Did any fight stick out to you between UFC 97 and 98? All right, between now and UFC 300, is there any fight that's grabbing your attention uh, for the next for this pay-per-view or the next two, 298 and 299? For example, I'll go first. I, a match of interest to me is Michael Dustin Flowers and Michael Johnson. Uh, depending on what Michael I'm going to see, I really. Then this is a quick question. That's my quick answer. As a as a quick fight that what that is as a, a fight good that fight? yeah fight coming up that you're like this is flying under the radar between now and three hundred. Uh, Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa is on two ninety eight. I just think you know the return of Whitaker mm -hmm. is always something that you know the fans love, mm -hmm. but I don't think we've really heard a lot about it. I don't see anything on my Instagram like there's not a lot of Robert Whitaker love as you normally would see. And it's the goddamn return of Paulo Costa. The secret juice king is coming back. That, <laughs> that, that, dude is, that dude is a Twitter star. Uh, I don't know why there's not a lot of focus on him. I think maybe they're just waiting till 297 gets done and then they'll start pushing that. But man, Paulo Costa, Robert Whitaker, that's a that's a good fight, man. Wow, that, that's dude. interesting. And it's fun and it's funny. It really is. All right, yeah. quick question. Do you think, do we think Max Holloway will ever get another title shot at 145? Well, if he wins the BMF title against Justin Gaethje, that was just signed for 300, right? So if if Max Holloway defeats Justin Gaethje... At 155, get, right? No, I know, but he's getting the BMF title. It doesn't matter. Like, if he wins the BMF title against Justin Gaethje, and so now he becomes the BMF champion, going back to 155 and fighting for the title, 
at least adds some interest because what you would have to say is you've got to put your BMF title up on the line. Right. Yeah. So he would use that BMF title to stamp his ticket for a third title shot against potentially Alexander Volkanovsky by that time. Mm -hmm. Am I losing you? No. No, right? you're this keeping me. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, this makes sense. Now, yeah. the thing is, is that let's, I mean, in reality, let's hope that Volkanovsky loses to Ilya Tupuria. Ilya Tupuria is now the champion. Max Holloway gets the BMF title, challenges Tupuria, puts the BMF title on the line. I think that all yeah. adds up. And it's I, interesting. I say yes eventually, but Max, be careful. It's a heavier weight class against a hard hitter. I know you're Hawaiian and you could take a shot, but I'm actually all. Oh, him fighting Gaethje is career yeah. suicide. Pack a lunch. Yeah, pack a lunch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you, you may die. You may die. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't nope. think it's a good fight, but yeah. No. Um, what's quick question? What's next, next for Islam Makachev? I don't know. Can you fight someone in your own weight class, you fucking idiot? Like, I hate this guy so much that he just fights people of all different divisions and all different weight classes. Why don't you fight some goddamn contenders? You're such a loser. I hate you. Nice. I go Gaethje after the BMF. That's what I like. Um, quick question. Do you think Tough is done after this season? Or it's something that you have no. seen? No. No, I don't think Tough is done. I think they, I think they keep in running life. Tough. I would prefer them to get rid of the contender series and get rid of Dana White looking for a fight and focus on tough i feel like these other two shows have really ruined their production budget or their production interest in the show and in speaking with a bunch of fighters people are not interested in going on tough now because they think that the contender series is a far better option to get their ticket into ufc because they go well wait a second i can fight one time one night on one fight to get my ufc contract why would i go through six months of taping not being able to fight, not being able to tell people how I do to then not even get my contract in the end anyways, it doesn't make sense. And if you think about what they've done to past people on the show, they don't even give them any fights after. Whereas yeah. we used to see like a bunch of the semifinalists and stuff still fight, at least yeah. maybe get one fight on the on the final show. They don't even get that anymore. But I like the I like it in general. I just think I so I don't want it to go away, but I think they need to refocus on it. I agree. And I like I I'm, I feel like between all of my friends, I'm the only one that likes it because everyone's like, oh, my God, that show still exists. And I'm like, yes, yes. If it wasn't for that show, you wouldn't be actually you wouldn't even be an MMA diehard right now because most of you guys are attracted to the show. Look, there's a tough one a generation, right? I'm, I'm tough one generation. And, and then I went back yeah. retrospectively and then started watching UFC one, you know, somewhere or whatever. Then then there's the purest. Right. There's Timmy B. Right. So uh, last question. Quick question. Should Israel fight at 205? Israel Adesanya. Should, <laughs> yes, I didn't think the nation of Israel. Uh, should Israel Adesanya fight at 205? I, I don't care. I hate that dude too. Screw him. Get out of here. All his stupid nonsense. Uh, I don't like him. I don't like him playing the race card all the time and all that garbage that he does and stuff like that. Get him out of here. I hate that dude. I could care less to see him at 205 or in any division. And for all those reasons why I love the guy, it's the reason why I want to see him fight at 205. Uh, and I'm glad that if people want choose to to see him, his, the color of his skin and bring race up first, good for him. He should be addressing it, right? It's not He's not coming into the room saying, I'm black. I mean, they, they, people, for some reason, you know, uh, uh, it wouldn't even be a conversation conversation if he if he was a different hue so I'm, I'm glad you know he said what he had to say except this whole South African thing with him and and DDP which uh, um I, I didn't like that because that that made him a racist you know what I'm there's saying the, yeah but there's the dog thing there's all the other stupid yeah. stuff that he does the Chinese thing yeah. I don't know and mind you I don't even which, care like your, your which, character is your which character the guy that beat him for the title uh, I mean <laughs> what does that say about the guy who actually beat him for the title right if Israel of course that man's Israel on steroids if that's the case right <laughs> yeah I just think I I don't know. I feel like, you know, the, what he said about the Chinese. We, sometimes we see people be champion for so long that it truly changes their behavior and stuff like that. And I just yeah. feel like he kind of got a little bit too big for his britches, right. you know, and I just didn't like his attitude. I never really cared. I also when you study his um, finishes of fights pre having a title versus post having a title, there's a very big difference. The dude would not finish fights when he didn't have a title. I'm oh, sorry. He right. did not finish fights when he was defending his title. Right. And to me, that was a little Same bit thing with Jones, thing. right? How many finishes does Jones have? I mean, right? Like, a lot of them were decisions. And two of those decisions, I thought he lost. 
you know yes. yeah, so i yeah. mean yeah uh, lost to an undefeated fighter his name escapes me but he's still in the ufc i forgot his name uh but gustafson yeah dominic reyes right and Tiago right. Santos, I thought he lost. That was a split. I thought he won. That was a split decision. But a lot of people thought he lost that too. So, um, yeah. where yeah. you had instead you had Khabib, who was a decision machine until he got his belt. That's right. And Demetrius Johnson too, right? A lot of decisions, and all of a sudden, okay, yeah. you want an armbar? Okay, you want a gut punch to uh, um, Cejudo? Oh, I bet that hurt, right? <laughs> Kicked him yeah. in yeah. the stomach, right? That you know that like that after pain. You get kicked. It's like that don't hurt. Oh, oh, yeah. whoa! All right, yeah. cool, man. We're actually close to 50, 50 minutes. We're just over, but we're close. So, so allow me to say our next topic before we go. So, on this day, January eighteenth, uh, on this day, Conor McGregor defeated Donald Cerrone in forty seconds in the first round at a, at a fight that was welterweight, one seventy. So, this made Conor's win loss record two and one at one seventy. And he is currently one and three at 155, and he is seven and zero at 145. The man who took the MMA community by storm has been where? Where's my teleprompter? Right there. Why am I looking at this when I got a teleprompter? The man who took the MMA world by storm has been both an inspiration to many at the to many, and at the same time a pain in the butt for others. If Conor never fought again, me personally, I will never forget the comeback against Chad Mendez. Sinead O'Connor singing his entrance song. There was something magical. And, and and if I felt that way just watching it, like the people in attendance must have had goosebumps that look like the moon. <laughs> Craters on the moon. Thoughts on Conor McGregor. Like if he never fought again, what's one thing you'll remember about him? Positively or negatively? You're Timmy B. You get oh. to say what you want. If he uh if he never fights again, what's the thing I remember? It's probably the Mayweather tour. Like in in reality, I mean that was crazy, dude. That was crazy. I watched that, that from did. my memory, dude. But go ahead. <laughs> I I mean just just what he had done there to widen the eyes on the MMA sport mm -hmm. by getting that Mayweather fight and then going on that world tour where he would just trash Mayweather and make fun of him and play up to the crowd. That was crazy, and that really put. MMA into the main stage much further than it had already been like that was crazy um I just remember watching those events like those 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 uh conferences or whatever you call it like the, the interviews or whatever the hell they were yeah. that road show yeah, just, just yeah. watching that and it was just insane that the world tour that they did on that and it was funny as hell and the fight lived up to it man like that that was a crazy time that was a crazy time for boxing a crazy time for MMA and I also thought even if he won somehow, some way miraculously beat Floyd Mayweather, that was that would never happen in a million years. Floyd made it look close and entertaining, but if he did miracle that win, his career as an MMA fighter would have been over because there was so much promotional money from boxing. He, he could have, he could have, they could have gave him a $10 million fight and he'd be like, okay, because the, 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 you know what I'm saying? The points he'll get and the promotion and all that stuff. He'll, he would have been yeah. rich beyond richer beyond his years. Uh, if he won that fight and, and did three more boxing matches. So win or lose, I knew that was the end of his MMA career because if he lost, he still had a hundred million dollars in the bank. And it's really hard to get out of bed when you got a hundred million dollars in the bank. It is just, I should know. Yeah. I should know. I was, I mean that, but that blazer though, that costs my, more than my education. So I know, I mean, I know what's going on. <laughs> Where'd you uh, no, go to yeah, college, I mean, Jason? That costs more than your college. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the thing, the thing is too, though, is that like when he did it, he was co-promoting it with mm -hmm. Dana, kind of with the UFC, right? So there was there was always that link as well, because Dana was always in the background of it. Yeah. Versus what you see now with like Nganu and whatever. There's no MMA connection there. There's no MMA people behind him, stuff like that. Like there's no organization. So it was very different when Connor did it. It was very right. interesting. Um, we're sh we're short on time, but I want us to take thirty seconds about uh, about Connor again. Dana loves a promotion machine because he feels like he can just go to the press conference and just take the night off and watch, right? But Dana's learning with that uh, um, that gifted person comes the drawback, comes the flip side to that coin. What if he throws a dolly at a bus? What if he what if he punches an old man at a bar? Right now, all of a sudden, you're back in the spotlight, and now you're 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 working harder than you worked before. When you thought this guy would be like would give me a couple of nights off, like front like Ronda and like so many other popular fighters. Thoughts? 
what is my thought on final thoughts on connor uh, um before we go he deserves the attention uh, guy, on him as a person whatever you, you're timmy b you could say what you want final <laughs> thoughts my final thought on connor is that he's never gonna fight again he's never gonna fight in mma again uh i just did some research on what that whole new drug uh, anti-drug doping policy is for ufc like in terms of like bringing in what people will know as dfsi that's what you hear right. you hear dfsi in place of usada mm -hmm. i'll tell you there's a lot of things in the new policy that really seem to suggest that the ufc now has a lot of power to kind of wiggle someone through the process and get them into a fight there's a lot of loopholes it is nowhere close to as strong as USADA. Right. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But regardless, I don't think Connor fights for the fact that I don't know. I just don't think like you're saying, the million dollars, the hundred million dollars is hard to get up. I just don't think he does it. I see the videos, I see the training videos. I just don't think mentally he's gonna do it. I think if he does, he picks a very easy opponent. I don't think he fights Chandler. I don't think he fights Gaethje. He's he's going to pick someone that he thinks he can muscle around or beat. Maybe even someone of a lighter weight class that he's going to drag up. Like what he's saying he's going to do to Chandler. But I don't know. I don't think we ever see him fight again. And I'm so and I'm kind of sorry for that. But, mm. you know. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we got. Let's plug in the Fight and Sight podcast. People want to know more about my man, Timmy B, that I had the honor, duty, and privilege of hosting with him. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I Look, I love being here, man. I love getting to chat with you and talk about all this stuff. Uh, if you do have any interest in MMA, or maybe you don't even, and you just want to see cool people and figure out cool stories about people, uh, come on over and check out my podcast, Fight Insight Podcast. You find it on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Every week, we've got guests from around the world. Next week, Jason, I'm going to tell you something cool. Uh, there's a new MMA pension in California. Uh, people are not talking about this, but there is an MMA pension in California on my podcast next week, we've got assembly member Matt Haney from California. Matt Haney. He's, he's huh. the man that drafted and authored the bill that has now led to this MMA pension. So this is very, very exciting. Uh, that's the kind of guests we have. We've got fighters all the time, but we've got cool people too. So this week, next week, uh, if you're interested in stuff like that and educating yourself on things like that, come check us out. But uh, every week we have a hell of a good time. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for watching this show. I love this show. I love being here. And uh, dude, I can't wait for 297. Come on, let's go. Coming this weekend. Wait, I didn't mean UFC 297. I mean episode 297. Let's <laughs> 297, baby. Man, I'm, I, I got the option coming up to 200 and, we'll, and then we'll go from there. But hey, everybody, Timmy B might love you, but me, I can't stand any of you. In fact, I, I, can't, I don't even want to be around you anymore. In fact, I'm out of here. All right. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPads, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, baby. Old school. For my man, Timmy B from the Fight Inside Podcast. I'm Jason DeBeas from the Option Podcast. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. We are... I'm going to give you the last picture. We're out of here. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.